Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. In the studio tonight, it's Ian and Joa, and remotely, we also have... Reed. It's been in the news for like the last two days. There was... There's all these people, especially libertarians, and this is the thing I just don't understand, is why anyone who's a libertarian gives a rat's behind as far as what is going on with this uh, federal government... Speaker of the House situation. Why are so many people paying attention to this as though it matters one whit who, which psychopath uh, they put into this particular seat? Have you been paying attention to this? Do you have any idea why someone who would call themselves a libertarian would look at this with any moment you know, of, of concern, of thinking that this would, would matter one, one bit? I, it's very confusing to me. Sure. So I think it matters what your uh, objective is. I mean, I don't expect to get Justin Amash as the Speaker of the House or whatever people are. It's a ridiculous fantasy. Yeah, I've seen that one floated around too. Like, what? I mean, I love the idea, but it's it's not going to happen. No way. uh, It's not even going to be proposed. No, I I doubt (laughs) it. Uh, The thing that I enjoy about this, though, is I think it's kind of transparent that only a few people are running Congress. And I think a lot of people are starting to wake up to that fact. Um, Man, I hope you're right about that. But before you get a little deeper into the analysis, can you kind of recap for maybe people who haven't been paying close attention, as I'm sure a lot of people haven't, because who who really cares about uh, this situation? But it's all over the headlines. What is going on? There's this guy named McCarthy. He's apparently been put forward as the new potential Speaker of the House. He's a Republican. And I mm-hmm. thought the, the House was mostly Democrat. Did the Republicans take the the, the House? Like I, That's how disconnected yeah. I am. Yeah, the Republicans did retake the House, not by a lot, just, just by a little bit. Um, and yeah, McCarthy has been the guy that they want to make Speaker of the House. And I think, I forget what the number is, you need like 208 votes to get a majority or something, or 220, maybe it's 220, I forget. But you need to get at least like 220 votes or something, and he can only get like 208 or something. Um, Isn't it 218? Isn't it 435? So more than half of 435. Yeah, no, no, you're right, 218. Uh, But he's getting like around 200 every Mm -hmm. time. And then it's funny because the Democrat is getting uh close or more votes than he is i think because the it's such a close split between the democrats and the republicans because there's like 20 republicans roughly who aren't going with the right. team yeah exactly right? and i love that too that's another side of this that's very interesting because they're not they're they're typically like uh trump loyalist republicans it's matt gates and uh lauren bobert and a few other people like that didn't trump come out this week sorry to interrupt but didn't trump come out and like try to rally his team to the side of the mainstream republicans yeah that's what's so amazing about this is that you know these uh you're starting to see maybe a little bit of um you know a break between maga and trump which i Mm. think would be incredible if that happens because it's just more um, you know, more transparency into how broken everything is, and maybe people would start thinking a little bit more independently or whatever. The more they fight each other, 
the less time they have to screw the rest of us over. Exactly. And so to that extent, I hope this goes on forever. Yeah. I, I yeah. hope that they, they're still doing this a year from now and they haven't had a chance to pass another 4,000-page uh, piece of legislation because they're t- too busy log-rolling and you know back-scratching and trying to curry favor with one another to get one of their people well, over the hump. Well, I can promise you that the vote will come to conclusion at the very max when it's time to vote for their salary increases. <laughs> oh, sorry. Oh, yeah. So that's they when they're going to decide. priority straight, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, there's even uh, here in New Hampshire, I heard that there's a proposal, and this comes up every now and then. Uh, I heard there's a proposal to increase the salary of the state reps and the state senators from like $100 a year, which is what it currently is. Right. Plus, like, I think there's a gas stipend. But basically, 100 bucks a year up to, I think it was like 5000 or something. Yikes, Some insane. No, no. no. Uh, yeah, so I think it's going to go down in flames. It usually does. Does. There's yeah. th- there's almost no chance. Well, that this if they're is shooting pass. for such a high number, that's gonna not it's not gonna go. Through. Well, I don't even want to see it t- go to two hundred dollars. No, of course I think not. they should cut it in half. I think no, I think they should cut, cut it completely. It yeah, cut it yeah. out. Gas stipend, hey, and that's it. I've been saying for years. Okay, is that if you really want to be a public servant, you shouldn't get paid for it. You should yeah. be doing it the gracious of your heart. And uh, like true. I'm talking about cops to dot to every little thing and if you don't like it privatize it then you can get paid and mm-hmm. then you'll be doing it because you want to come home to your family with something and it's not because you were just milking the cow all day uh there was the good news this week that the state representatives here in new hampshire did vote against a proposal to restrict the right to bear arms uh meaning the state reps themselves nice uh they uh, and just to clarify in like the history yeah. on this it's always been legal for the average person for you or me or anybody who's not a state rep to go into the state rep chambers and watch while uh while strapped you can yes. have a gun as long as you're legally able to carry yes. it right like i can't because i'm on bail conditions uh i was gonna I say technically i'm convicted <laughs> Uh, at this point, but uh, but you know, if you're not a felon and you can legally right. carry a gun, then you can carry it into the chamber. However, there was a few years where the Democrats were running things in Concord where they restricted the state reps' right to carry. So the reps themselves. Actually, I kind of like that. No, I, I mean, don't I don't. So. I don't because it's less freedom. Yeah, but in cool. another sense, it's like. Oh, we're unarmed, but everyone else, our constituents, are <laughs> armed. So it makes them want to vote the right way. Yeah, they should still. I mean, I don't be. like the intimidation effect in that, but yeah, I, they, they I should can still get be able the to defend themselves. I mean, if yeah. some lunatic yeah, I comes agree. in, I, I agree. Um, I mean, it's a fairly well-armed populace, right? The, of those four hundred people, two hundred something of them are Republicans, and even some Democrats in in New Hampshire carry guns. You know, it's like, a lot better armed than the quote insurrectionists who went into the Capitol two years ago tomorrow. For real? Oh yeah, that's a great great point. If something like that was tried in uh, New Hampshire, there would there would actually be state reps instead of just cowering like they did in D.C. There would actually be state reps who would be like shooting at uh, assailants. It's like click clack, put that podium down. We got Renee on the line in Louisiana. Renee, you're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead. Yeah, it's Renee. What kind of I mean, what kind of subject can I present? Uh... You usually have to figure that out before you call into a talk radio show. No, no, no. I, I, I have one. Don't worry. Uh, All right. Let's hear it. Well, libertarian stance of believing in well-armed citizenry, but uh, what's your take about the military? How would that fit in? Reed, you want to handle this one? Yeah. I mean, what? <clears throat> what do you mean? Like, should do we think? Because we believed in well-armed people, that we don't need a military, or like, what, what's your question? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you, I mean, 
I mean, I'm sure you didn't want restrictions on it, but how would you complement that or add that or not add that to a a, uh, a libertarian society? Because you do have non-libertarian societies you have to, like, exist with, like it or not, and some of them are greedy for big armies like China and Russia and those guys. Yeah, so I think even constitutionally, correct me if I'm wrong, Ian, you probably know more about this, but... Uh, constitutionally, there wasn't actually supposed to be a federal military initially, correct? There's no to standing be... army. I think the Constitution provided for a navy, uh, if I recall correctly, but no standing army. Uh, they had yeah. to call that together. Yeah, it was supposed to just be the state militias who basically put everything together themselves. Um, and I realize we're in a completely different world now and trying to get from where we are all, to, all the way to that. A lot of backpedaling, for sure. That needs yeah. to happen. But, uh, I mean, at least for now, I think we should be cutting the military budget by, like, 80% <laughs> to start. I well, think most and, libertarians uh, would agree that they should bring the troops home, number one, and then cutting yeah. you know, cutting the budget from there would be a, well, definitely a good move. If you were to bring the troops yeah, home, right. I would also say that the troops coming home should be able to, uh, be able to take home their arms, right? So it's like instead of like you know leaving there and across because no, no troops are really here in the United States. Very few, very few. Yeah. So if they're going to be coming back, well, we don't want them to leave these arms behind to all these you know whoever's. You mean like Afghanistan? Yeah, like yeah, Afghanistan. I was say, unless it's the Taliban, then we leave it behind. <laughs> well, it doesn't matter where it is because like we're not in control of those countries and we don't know what they would do with them. So let's let them come back with them. But uh. But uh, it's a it's a complicated matter. I mean, it, my grandpa used to say, we don't need no army. We have uh, nukes, you know, like we could just press a button. But the thing is, you can't press the button if they already stop you from releasing what the button press. And you can't you can't really perceive what they're going to do unless you have listening posts. I mean, it's a game. Pornhub, it's probably one of the world's most popular Websites, last time we looked at like the top 10 or top 20 websites, it was definitely in, if not the top uh, 10, certainly was in the top 20. And now Vice is reporting that Louisiana is cracking down with a new law that's just gone into effect on the 1st that says any commercial entity. So this isn't just... This isn't just Pornhub. This is a, a large number of websites on the Internet that quote-unquote intentionally publishes or distributes material harmful to minors on the Internet from a website that contains a substantial portion of such material shall be held liable if the entity fails to perform a reasonable age verification methods to verify the age of individuals attempting to access the material. Now, what it means by shall be held liable, I don't know if they're talking about uh, some sort of criminal charge or if it'll be... Uh, financial penalty or whatever, but according to the definitions in the law, at least according to Vice, substantial portion is 33.3% or more material on a site that they consider to be harmful to minors. And according to the Act, the definition of harmful to minors is that which appeals to prurient interests and consists of, and then there's a bunch of like sexual descriptions that I probably shouldn't read to you on the radio. Like I'm I'm not comfortable reading a lot of these things, but you know, consists of showing certain uh, genitalia and things happening with that genitalia to, to, to sum up uh, what they see here and that it has to quote, lack serious literary, artistic, political, or scientific value unquote for someone under the age of 18. 
Hmm. So, so this is like right. There already are warnings that pop up right on these websites. So then you just have to put your driver's license in now. On top of that, is that basically the the big change? I'm guessing so. Uh, Vice did apparently go to or motherboard went and tested the verification. They say Pornhub directed them to a site called All Pass Trust, which is a third party identification verification site, which then connects to LA Wallet, a digital driver's license. For Louisianans, Pornhub says they do not connect data during this process. But what it doesn't say... Oh, yeah, sure they don't. <laughs> well, what it, what it doesn't say is what the procedure is. Because is if it's just showing an ID, then, okay, well, now the you know the teenager that just stole their parents' credit card right. uh, can now just steal their parents' ID. Or you, or, got, you got grandpa's ID that just passed away or something. Yeah, or, or if, it is, if it's a little more fancy, it could be what they call a liveness detection, where they scan your ID and then they use uh, the actual, like, they'll take a video right. feed of your face to make sure that you're actually there. So I don't know what level of requirements they're putting into play here, but these days with all the uh, artificial intelligence going on out there, it's not hard. Like a teenager that has been paying attention and knows what they're doing could easily with like a simple app try to duplicate their grandfather's face or whatever by essentially creating a deep fake. Yeah, some like... uh you know, apps require like dating apps require you to put your hand on your head and point a certain direction. Oh, and really? So, what if AI? You could just like set it up in AI to do that. You know, I bet you could. So, it was introduced by Representative Lori Shegel, who recently supported legislation that banned transgender athletes from competing on girls and women's sports teams in Louisiana. According to local news outlet WAFB, she also works as a counselor who sees patients for a sex addiction treatment. She said this, quote, pornography is destroying our children and they're getting unlimited access to it on the Internet. And so if the pornography companies aren't going to be responsible, I thought we need to go ahead and hold them accountable, she said. And it's just like, look, I I may agree. Like, I don't think a pornography addiction is a good thing. I, I think that's, any addiction is bad. Yeah, well, any addiction for sure. Um, and this one is, you know, something that you can pour a lot of time into and and money or whatever, and that's not a good thing. But banning it isn't going to solve the problem. Restricting it isn't going to solve the problem. It never has. Uh, and in fact, you know, same thing with guns and drugs. If you drive that stuff underground, then it gets really scary. Right. Yeah, I can imagine like, you know, how sort of twisted it's going to get mm-hmm. in the underground when it comes to porn. Given how in, twisted it is not right being now. underground. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. How much worse it'll get. Well, yeah. look, I mean, you want a good example of this. Look at uh, Japan, for instance, where they have oh, yeah. more tentacle. restrictions yeah. on that sort of thing. And you get the tentacle porn stuff, right? Yep. It's wild. Uh, there's no evidence, according to Vice, that uh, sex addiction affects one's brain in the same ways that addiction to substances done uh, does, for example. Online porn and sex addiction have been controversial topics for decades, and it's been blamed, they say erroneously, for everything from mass shootings to sexual assault. Similar age verification proposals have been made in Australia, as well as in the UK, where the online safety bill has been uh, debated, modified, killed, and revived all since 2021. Sex workers have denounced this and similar attempts at overbroad age verification. Uh, they say they're harmful to their livelihoods and represent an attack on the industry as a whole. In December, Republican Senator Mike Lee from Utah introduced the Interstate Obscenity Definition Act, 
the IODA, which seeks to, quote, establish a national definition of obscenity that would apply to obscene content that is transmitted via interstate or foreign communications. Because apparently we don't have a definition of obscenity yet. After all of these years. It's subjective. It is, isn't it? I hope some kid challenges this. <laughs> uh, as he also introduced the shielding, oh God, shielding children's retinas from egregious exposure on the net or the Screen Act, which God, would require absurd. <laughs> I knew it was going to be some crazy acronym. Yeah, of but... course. Which would require porn sites to use age verification technology. So basically, this Utah senator, Mike Lee, has proposed a national version of what has now passed in Louisiana. So disappointing from him because uh, he's one of the few Republicans that's occasionally pretty good on stuff. Um, and I don't know. He, he is just a Republican. Well, though. right. I mean, that's the problem with Republicans. They're they're good on some things like some yeah. economic freedoms. But when it comes to the economic freedom of pornographers and people, you know, distributing adult content, well, no, you don't get that. Oh, you want to have the economic freedom to sell weed? Well, you, you can't have that. What this all really comes from, ultimately, is the sort of the puritanism of uh, of the United States. The idea that sex sex is bad, okay? You know, that it's a danger to uh, have somebody be exposed to uh, naked people or whatever. And obviously, you know, I don't agree with a lot of what goes on in Europe, necessarily. But you hear a lot of the stories about just being on the street in Europe. It's not that uncommon to see somebody topless or to see somebody full full nude, right. you know, on the streets or on television or whatever there. And it's just like, so what? It, it just yeah. I don't get the and we're seeing this now with this all this insanity over drag shows right now where people are losing their minds. There are protesters and counter protesters now outside of drag shows and it's like these people that are against these drag shows it's like they want to put people in prison yeah. for taking their kids to a drag show and i just i cannot understand it especially the ones that call themselves libertarians you, I, that you, i don't get these protests are giving them attention you know oh, of course they are so you keep you keep protesting you keep creating the outrage outside it's you're going to be the focus and then people are going to be like no they, they there's going to be more defense to it and it's because you're highlighting it. You know, just ignore it. Let these people are going to do it no matter what, regardless. Right. Like, and, you can't push back and make it disappear. You no. can't push back and stop them from from happening. So, what's the point of this? And I, I just want to make another point: is that like you know, not just like the word censorship, but sheltering, sheltering kids from things. Uh, they tend to slingshot after they become of age. They want to find out what you missed out on. Right? Yeah, it's like, oh, wow, I didn't see this movie. Now I want to watch all these horror movies, right? And it's because the parents wouldn't let them watch it. And it's like now they become obscured to it. And it's just exactly what's going to happen in this sense, too. Like some kids may be like, oh, wow, I found some porn. It's boring now. Yeah. But now you're telling them, no, 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 no. Oh, and now dangerous. they're going to be like, yes, I want it because they keep telling me no. And, well, that's yeah. the forbidden fruit aspect. And yes. it, it applies to drugs as well. Right. Like, oh, oh, you can't smoke that marijuana, Billy. You know, it's really dangerous. You know? yeah. yeah. Well, now you want to know why not. Well, I think the other thing that happens is all nudity becomes sexual, you know, or sexualized or something through the through the. uh the puritanism that you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Like I, I don't know, nudity, like if you're going swimming in a river in the middle of the woods or something, like if there's like a, 
if I was with a bunch of friends hiking or something, I would, I would do that type of thing. And some people get really weirded out by it. And to me, that was just kind of weird. It's like, there's nothing sexual about jumping in a river without your clothes on. I just don't want to hike in my wet clothes afterward or whatever. It's just Um, being naked. It's not sexuality. And that's, you're absolutely right. It is such a prudish kind of uh, viewpoint to say that, you know, some woman walking around topless is trying to titillate in a in sort of a sexual manner, and it's not true at all. It's like it's a hot day. I don't I, feel like wearing a shirt. That's it. That's all. She's not rubbing herself in front of a child or whatever. You know, no, that- there's there's respectful <laughs> methods and there's disrespectful methods. You know, like I I admit I go skinny dipping every year. I love it. I fully enjoy it. Actually, um, uh, most of last year, most of my bathing happened in the river. Maybe in the future, you could broadcast your porn through the energy of your body. And uh, so mm-hmm. I'm going to read this article from studyfinds.org. Uh, so it says, uh, 6G wireless technology could use humans as a power source. The study explains. Uh, Is this something straight out mm, of the Matrix? I was going to say, using humans as a power source. I've heard that one before. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you can already do this and practice it. Some people say that your cell phone has a better signal when you hold it. Uh, versus like putting it down, um, your key fob for your car. Uh, if you were to just use your hand, it's not going to be as powerful. Say you're at a distance from your car and you really want to lock in and want to walk back, you could put it up to your belly, you could put it up to your cheek, and your the water in your body is going to amplify it. it helps radiate the That's signal. Right. Yeah, so you're you're using your body as an antenna, or like if you mm-hmm. have a radio, you ever touch the antenna on your mm-hmm. radio and it yeah, makes it helps. It, yeah, yeah, that's exactly what's going on. Um, and so this is really odd and strange um the, all right so am i'll read the article here amherst mass um 5g wireless technology is just starting to take yeah. off worldwide but a new study is already speculating on the future of 6g now this doesn't mean like it's going to be uh, i'm just speculating here it's it's not likely it's going to be more powerful it's just that they're using a new method so 6g okay. is just six generation correct right uh, and then researchers from the University of Massachusetts Amherst say, unlike older technology, 6G could end up using people as antennas. And this is not uh, this is not unheard of because your your watches already do this. So um, you mean like the smartwatch? Things? Yeah, smartwatches. Um, they're using it to amplify a signal to your phone. Oh, see, I've never had the smartwatch, so I don't know a lot about it. Yep, there's connectors on it that you know read biometrics and that all these other sort of mm-hmm. things. Um, but specifically, 6G telecommunications could possibly take advantage of visible light communication, or VLC, not not the player, um, hmm. the video player, which is like a wireless version of fiber optics. Right now, fiber optics wow. are in- incredibly thin glass or plastic strands to transmit information on flashes of light. These wires are extremely small, but also extremely fragile, and I know mm-hmm. because... There was a internet outage yesterday in Manchester because some truck hit a pole, severing oh, no. the pole like completely in half, and um, the fiber optics were destroyed, and they had to replace it. it took them all day. Uh, thank goodness we have the government out there forcing us to have uh, poles instead of doing underground wire burial. <laughs> right. I guess it's keeping uh, keeping you employed to some extent, right, Reed? Well, not the fiber optic side, but the pole side. For the poles, sure. yeah, so, yeah. I mean, because if they just buried these cables and they got rid of the, you know, the pole situation, it would solve so many sure. issues. It's not like we have earthquakes here that could disrupt. Well, these lines. I mean, there's a lot of work that goes into burying everything. I mean, no eventually, doubt. 
What? I said no doubt there's a lot of work. Oh, but, yeah. but I mean, as far as like branches taking down lines or cars running into poles and that sort of thing, you you wouldn't have that problem anymore. Although, you know, when you got to go and and uh, yeah, run new wires. Fix stuff, yeah. it's hey, govern, think <laughs> about the danger of poles. What's that? <laughs> the, the, hey, government, there's a danger out there. It's telephone poles. We need to get rid of them. There I'm just go. trying to. I'm trying to just like just do, get a hashtag a going. Bit. Ban telephone poles. You know, <laughs> too many people have died. Um, <laughs> the, yeah, you, think of the children. Ban think, telephone yeah. poles. <laughs> the uh, UMass Amherst teams say they have created a low cost and innovative innovative way of harvesting waste energy from VLC using the human body as an antenna. Their invention can recycle waste energy to power wearable devices and possibly larger electronics as well. Um, and then they they quote uh, VLC is quite simply an interest an interesting says Jia Zong, professor of information and computer sciences of UMass Amherst and university release. Hmm. Instead of using radio signals to send information wirelessly, it uses the light from LEDs that can turn on and off up to one million times per second. Let's go to uh, this caller. You're on Free Talk Live. What's your name? Nate. Nate, you're on the air. Go ahead. Hey, hey, uh, I'm not, I'm from Louisiana. Um, it, it's, I'm sorry. It's, uh, I wouldn't call it the, uh, the most unfree, uh, state in the union. Um, it's up there though. It's bad. Well, no, nah, I mean, if you, if, if, if you look at it through a, a gun rights point of view or a, a pro-life point of view or something of that nature, we're, uh, we're one of the best states in the union. Um, in my opinion, um, uh, as far as like the age verification thing, um, I'm not for it or against it. So you, um, here's my thing. I'm thinking like, why would I, I mean, if somebody is, is concerned about their privacy, why would they even have, I don't have a smartphone. I don't have internet on my phone. Uh, I don't have internet. Uh, you know, I mean, if, if I'm concerned about my privacy, why would I get hung up on possibly saving a few teenagers from stumbling upon some images that could actually harm them? How, how is, I, I guess let me pose the question this way. How is making a website verify someone's age, how is that taking away someone else's life, liberty, or pursuit of happiness? If you could explain how it is, I'm, I'm, I would think about it, you know, but sure. I don't see how. First of all, I'd like to answer that question, but I will uh, tell you, you are absolutely wrong. Uh, Louisiana is the state with the highest incarceration rate in the United States, uh, according to usnews.com, at least from 2017. And I'm pretty sure that it's been that way for a long time. Uh, it is wor- referred to as the world's prison capital, incarcerating 816 per every 100,000 people as of 2014 so you guys are definitely well could that be because we also have the highest crime rate in new orleans and so maybe it's not that no it's because louisiana and a lot of cities have high crime rates it's because louisiana has a lot of stupid uh prohibitions that are being you know absolutely cracked down upon people things like you know marijuana possession will get you prison a prison sentence there no sir no sir that law was passed 
one or two years ago where now it's a ticketable offense. That is no. no longer a crime. Okay. To I'm glad, I'm glad to hear that. Wrong. So you guys finally <laughs> you changed right, that one law. Wrong. Huh? <laughs> okay. You, you guys, me wrong. Well, he called you out, too. Ian. Right. Okay. So you guys finally changed that one law. Well, now if you run a website that doesn't do an age verification, they're going to put you in prison probably for that too. I mean, you asked why that's infringing upon someone's liberty. It's infringing upon the website operator's liberty because if you want to have a free website that anyone can access without having to pay money to some service to verify the ages of the people that come to your website and you're being threatened by this Louisiana crime syndicate now. That's a, that's a fair point. I didn't think about it from a private business standpoint okay. um, as, as far as like, you know, okay, now they have to pay to make this happen. Yeah, that, um, it just doesn't come yeah. for free. <laughs> There's no free solution to doing age verification. you got to hire a company for that. Yeah, that that's that's thought provoking. I'll, I'll think on that. Okay, uh, but I will I well, will echo this. Anybody who's out there, if you really care about your privacy, you would get rid of your smartphone. Number one. Let's go to Major Payne. He's on the line in Michigan. Go ahead, Major. Yeah, that's why the Scandinavians and Norwegians moved up to Montana and Michigan and whatnot. They'd always marry their cousin because that was the closest girl around. Oh God. <laughs> yeah, you're ruining our you argument for travel, us. You don't want to travel more than 15 miles in the cold to go a courting, boy. I'll tell you what. By the way, uh, before you go on, Major, I did pull up Normal, the uh, National Organization for the Reform of Marijuana Laws, and they have a real handy state by state rundown. They keep it up to date, right? Because the last guy that was on the phone, he said, oh, well, they decriminalized marijuana in Louisiana. You can't get arrested for uh, possession, he said. And apparently that's somewhat true in that now if you have less than 14 grams of marijuana on your person and you get caught in Louisiana, they will obviously take it and they will issue you a fine, but there's no possibility of jail time. However, it has only been decriminalized in that you can't go to jail. It's still a misdemeanor on your record, whereas here in New Hampshire, there's the $100 fine and it's only a violation. So it's still... It's still worse down there, and it's 14 grams there. I think it's like uh, 21 or something like that here. I think it's three-quarters of an ounce. Yeah, three-quarters of an ounce, I believe. Uh, and then further, if you have more than 14 grams and upwards of 2.5 pounds, that is still going to put you in uh, in jail for six months. So, I mean, it's it's better in Louisiana. I will I will give him that, but uh, still a misdemeanor, even if you get caught with a, with a gram. Anyway, Major, go ahead with your thoughts. If I remember right, uh, Ann Arbor was the first place to have the $100 ticket. Mm. Yeah, that was a long time ago, too, right? Like decades. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we, we we had the hash bash there in Ann Arbor, and it was, mm-hmm. used to be cool until the cops started cracking down, you know. They they wouldn't bother you if you were just smoking reefer, but if mm. you had a beer or even threw a french fry wrapper on the ground, by the day, it was on you like ducks on a June bug. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I've never heard that one. All right, what else, man? Well, a um, couple things. I mean... You guys are talking about the telephone poles and whatnot. Yeah. And I'm sure, you know, the tree huggers that jump around, oh, think all the pine trees we could save, man. But are they going to think about all the trees that are going to have their root base ripped up, putting all that infrastructure That's on true. the ground? Good I bet point. you we'd lose more trees than we'd save. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it would be a huge undertaking. I mean, it, it makes would. sense in some areas, but uh, we definitely are. I mean, I'm particularly I, talking I, about the city. No, no, I hear you, but even in the city, like then you got to get under the sidewalks, sidewalks. and yeah. you got to tear up all the roads, and you got all the underground utilities you already have under there, like sewer and gas, and 
I mean, it's where it works. It's great because yeah, then you don't have it blocking your view. You don't have it getting damaged in the storm, but it is like a, it's very expensive. Wait a second here. Wait a second. Ground boring, you know. They've come a long way with going underneath the roads and whatnot. But still, I think it would raise more. No, I agree with Reed. I mean, it is. It would be a huge undertaking and a huge expense to try to do it to every existing line. According to uh, ScienceDirect.com, it says that the features of VLC include high bandwidth, no health hazard, right? Because there's long been a lot You're of... You're already getting hit with the, the LEDs coming off your microwave. Well, right. And there's long been a fear, whether it's justified or not, I don't know. There's been different studies about this. But there's long been the fear that having a cell phone, which is essentially a radio transmitter, right? Right. Like even when you're not using your cell phone, it's still transmitting and receiving constantly. Well, I'd be more afraid of the radiation off the battery versus like it actually transmitting. That'd okay. be more concerning to me. Uh, well, the batteries ain't going away, but there's been a, a a long concern about the radio transmission possibly, you know, causing cancer, quote unquote. I don't think there's much evidence for it, but there's always been that fear. That certainly was one of the fears of five G uh, for the, a long time. In the health version of of this topic, it's it's wouldn't be any different. It'd probably be better uh, in certain ways, but. In the security or the privacy scent of this technology, well, this it could be extremely concerning. This isn't a radio transmitter. This is just light flashing. Right. Well, yes, but you're putting off a frequency and it could read that. It's They're saying that oh, the, the... privacy. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Like, you're putting a frequency off. So, mm-hmm. imagine... Well, you it, would encrypt it. It'd be encrypted. Well, you can't encrypt your brain, Ian. Like, what I'm saying is, is that your brain is throwing out frequencies. Mm-hmm. And if it could... Like, some device is reading the frequency off your brain, they're going to know what you're thinking. Well, I mean, that's now you're talking about a completely different yeah, technology. Yeah, no, that's how obscure this is talking about here. And so you would basically wear uh, just a simple copper wire, a, a ring or a copper bracelet, and you're putting off frequency, frequency, and you're creating that one little extra antenna of that, and it's like kind of broadcasting that out. Wait, wait, wait. You're talking about the the thing you would wear would be a VLC, a, a light transmitter, right? No. No, that's it, something else. Yes, they're they're okay. saying light is sort of how they they were discovering this and how they um are, you know, it's a better method because it's it's a direct line. Where right, let me explain. Let me read this part here. The team explains that the VLC systems experience significant leakage of energy. So it's not even LEDs, right? But because of well, LEDs, they have LEDs, right? But because of LEDs emit side channel RF signals, radio frequency signals mm-hmm. or radio waves. Um, if scientists are able to harvest this RF energy, they can put it to use. So it's not even about light anymore. Uh, to turn mm. this into reality, oh, okay. they design an antenna out of coil copper wire to collect leaked RF radio frequency. From there, the biggest question is what kind of object maximizes, maximizes the collection of this energy? You. Your body mm. full of water. Mm-hmm. right? Researchers experimented with all sorts of surfaces and thicknesses of wire after... Re- uh, resting the coil against plastic, cardboard, wood, and steel, the uh, as well as phones and other digital devices turned on and off. Uh, first author Minaho Ku tried wrapping the coil around a human body. Uh, the results uh, show people are actually the best medium for amplifying the coil's ability to collect leaked RF energy. I got some numbers uh, here from Gallup. This is a big polling organization. They talked to Americans about what they're expecting for 2023. And, yeah, it's not looking so good. People are not optimistic about the future, at least 
the immediate future. According to the story here, coming off of several challenging years, Americans are, en- uh, Americans are entering 2023 with a mostly gloomy outlook for the United States as majorities predict negative conditions in 12 out of 13 economic, political, societal, and international arenas. When offered opposing outcomes on each issue, about 8 out of 10 U.S. adults think 2023 will be a year of economic difficulty with higher rather than lower taxes and a growing rather than shrinking budget deficit. More than 6 in 10, and I think they're realistic here, right? Like they know. People know how difficult things are with inflation out there, and they know that even though the government's claiming it's quote-unquote slowing down, it's like 7-something percent now instead of 8%, according to the uh, the official government numbers. That's not like going to make people feel better. <laughs> yeah. It's not going to bring prices down at the grocery store. 7% just means the prices are still going up. That's right. They're just not going up at 8%. You know, and and that's just the government number. We know they're just. Go ahead. I was just. I was just going to say to fix this all, we just need to get a Republican House Majority Leader elected and let the Republicans (laughs) do their thing, and everything will be fine. Yeah, that's what they want you to believe. That's how they got people to vote for them was by talking about inflation and oh, we care. We're the ones with the solution, even though they remember Republicans. What happened in 2020 when Trump was still in office during COVID? Well, oh, yeah. he, to be fair, he was really busy draining the swamp and walking <laughs> off the pedophiles, so he didn't have time. You know, yeah, he didn't time to read that bill. What, what was it? Six billion? Uh, no, with no, the no, two point four trillion. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's what he like right before he signed the bill. He was like, "Well, it's six billion, right?" And they're like, "No, it's <laughs> trillion with a T." He's like, "Oh, I'd never signed anything with a T before." And so he signed, and it. he just signs yeah. it. <laughs> like, come on, guys. He's just well, doing... he signed two. He signed one for two point seven trillion in March. That's right. And then he signed another one for two point four trillion in December. Well, he he threatened to veto it first, and then and then uh, signed eventually it. capitulated yes. and signed it. So. Yeah, and and don't forget also it was Republicans and Democrats who voted for those bills. I believe it was, if not unanimous, darn close to uh, yeah, unanimous. The first one there were only like three dissenters. Yeah, and then the second one there were like forty <laughs> out of you know five hundred thirty-eight. So yeah, not very good numbers. Reed, have you been uh, seeing any of this news about this crazy stuff happening in uh, in Mexico? I was just seeing it like a few seconds before we went live again so yeah i haven't been able to dig into it yet i just saw what you guys are talking about yeah apparently it's the uh, mexican military and police uh, federal police forces versus the drug cartels in an actual armed conflict i mean you hear a lot about the quote-unquote war on drugs but it's usually just the government using its violence to suppress drugs which are an inanimate object and the people that are trying to move them from one place to another it is rare that the drugs or those that actually uh sell those drugs will actually fight back in this war yeah very rare i'm curious what el chapo's son is being arrested for like i would assume it'd be something like murder versus the drug dealing uh and now it's uh it's it's getting out of hand actually the clip that you were playing was the mexican military firing firing at residentials residential where they suspected cartels that was from a helicopter yeah it looked to me like the uh, shots were coming from the ground 
No, uh, or I'm showing you the clip right now. That's clearly coming from the sky from oh, the helicopter. Yeah, okay. But um, the Mexican cartel uh, is firing at not just military planes trying to leave uh, the airport, but also passenger flights, uh, allegedly. Uh, you just saw a bunch of people in the airplane ducking and hiding underneath wow. their seats. But what's even crazier is that the cartel is in desperate need of medical, uh, so they are kidnapping nurses mm. and doctors from the local hospital to go help wow yeah it's just unbelievable a lot there's a lot of crazy clips right now at libertarian party mises caucus on twitter uh that's where i'm seeing it yeah apparently they're getting uh video from the cartels and publishing some of this uh, cartel members firing a barrette m m82a1 anti-material rifle at a mexican Air Force planes leaving the runway. Uh, there's another video of the Mexican army being ambushed in another place in Mexico. So this is pretty uh, pretty wild, and I guess this just exploded within the last 24 hours. So it's definitely a developing story. And of course, you know the takeaway here is none of this would be happening if drugs were legal. Right, right. right. I mean, this is one of the oldest libertarian positions, and it's one of the most valid. One of the most absolutely, you know, right on positions that the libertarians have had and continue to have and sadly are the only people that have. Mm-hmm. Yep. And in no amount of bloodshed in the streets is going to convince people to legalize drugs, unfortunately, even though that's the obvious solution here. I thought Joe Biden was a champion for legalizing drugs. That's what all the Democrats tell me. <laughs> At no point. I, where did that even come from? Like because he signed that executive order that makes it so you can go to Canada again if you got caught for, like, menial possession, like, 20 years ago. So, you know, that's basically legalizing drugs. <laughs> yeah, right. I guess he, he did uh, pardon people for marijuana possession of a federal level, right? So, like, right. that did happen Which, within like, the last year. Almost none of those people were in jail anymore. It that's was true. Most, I mean, that's why I was saying you can go to Canada now. That yeah. was basically the biggest penalty that still existed for you. You couldn't go to True. Canada, and now you can. But why would you want to go to Canada over the I wouldn't want to get anyway. the COVID shot to get there. Yeah. Right, yeah, it's gotten a lot worse. They're just trying to uh, kill these people. <laughs> Meanwhile, we were talking about January 6th, which <laughs> looks nothing like what we're seeing happening yeah. in Mexico <laughs> right now, where there's an actual assault on a prison, uh, amongst other things. But, Reed, uh, you were talking about... You know, the ridiculousness of people acting like that uh, January 6th was in any way, shape, or form an insurrection or that any violence happened outside of the uh, the police themselves shooting an innocent woman to death. Uh, other comments, you're welcome. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just healthy for people to remember that Alec Baldwin killed more people than the January 6th protesters did. <laughs> and so. he's not in prison. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, that, that gun just went off. I mean... That's true. That's because he pulled the trigger is why it went off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, it's like he doesn't think we know how a single action revolver works. You, you kind of have to have the hammer pulled back and pull the trigger to make mm-hmm. it go, just go off. But um, yeah, I don't know. It, it's also funny. I, I'm, I'm excited because January 6th, the entire day, I just blow it way out of proportion to, you know, downplay it um, against the, the, the media's best wishes. I remember last year, um, Kamala Harris said like September. Yeah. She said, uh, sep- December 7th, 1941, September 11th, 2001 and January 6th, 2021 oh are all days that will live in infamy. But when you were pulling up those videos of 
what's going on down in Mexico. I almost said, wow, it's almost as bad as January 6th. <laughs> Man. <laughs> and by the way, he, uh, El Chapo's son is being arrested because of an order from the United States. Oh, surprise, uh, surprise. For drug smuggling. Allegedly. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, Mexico could have just simply ignored that, right? They could have said, you know, uh, this is probably not going to be in our best interests. This guy, you know, he's got his issues, but we know this is a, pow- this is a pow- literally a powder keg. And now yeah. look. Yeah. Didn't Trump just say recently he was going to declare war on the cartels mm-hmm. if he's president? It wouldn't surprise me. I mean, he's been a tough no. talker on uh, drug enforcement the whole time. He's been no by no means has he been kind to even, you know, even marijuana decrim or anything like that. Mm hmm. Yeah, no. I mean, the the Republicans, this should have been the easiest, easiest silver platter for them in history. Like, everybody hates COVID mandates. Everyone mm-hmm. just wants to be left alone. And instead, they're like, we're, we are going to execute. We are going to fast track. Um, uh, what's the uh, fast track trials for uh, drug dealers and we're going to execute them. That's what we stand for as Republicans. <laughs> like, wow, nice. Stupid. Yeah. Uh, will they ever learn? I while, don't think they will. While I, they get kickbacks from Big Pharma. This, right? Yep. Yeah. I, I don't think they're going to learn because like, it doesn't matter if half of Mexico gets set on fire or even if this spills into uh, to the United States as well. They'll just, they'll just use this as the excuse to say, see, this is why the DEA needs 10 times the budget than what they currently have. We gotta, we've got a cartel members. They're attacking us. Uh, clearly, we need more money to be funneled into this war on drugs so we can fight it and finally win the war on drugs after 50, <laughs> 60, 70, 80, 90 years or however the hell long it was. I guess it's officially started in the 70s, but uh, cannabis was prohibited in the in the 30s, of course. So hey, the- whatever the U.S. government's smoking, I want some. Yeah, I don't know about that. Man. I know you're right. <laughs> I want to turn into one of these people. No, for real. I'm but, just joking. You know, it's not going to matter. I mean, there's so, incredible destruction going on in uh, in Mexico right now over this insane war on drugs. Go ahead, Sarah. Did I bring up that there was an attempt to pay our state legislatures? full-time salary here oh god no you haven't brought that up but it doesn't surprise me they're trying to increase the salary of the legislators in new hampshire by the way new mexico there's not a lot of there's not a lot to like about new mexico but one thing that they do in new mexico that is good is it is a part-time legislature if i recall correctly they don't meet full-time do they sarah well they meet one year one uh, 30 days one year and then two months the year afterwards and definitely this is the time, I mean, the session was uh, working pretty well like 100 years ago when New Mexico first became a state, what, 1919 or something, because there was nothing really to govern. And everybody just um, owned their own ranch, and if somebody, everybody made their own rules and that they come and stole their cows and just shot them or hung them or whatever they did back then. Okay. So but these one-month and two-month sessions don't cut it anymore because uh, the See, this is what I don't understand, Sarah. I mean, New Mexico is known as being an incredibly corrupt, incredibly big government kind of place. And so the I guess it's proof because in New in New Hampshire, it's a part time legislature as well. Now, they meet roughly four or five months out of the year, I think, typically, depending. It's mostly Mm -hmm. like in the first three months of the year is when most of the, the hearings and that sort of thing happen. 
But it just goes to show that even though we libertarian types might like the idea of a part-time legislature, it's not enough for them to just be part-time because even though New Mexico is a part-time legislature, they've got a huge government, a huge welfare state. There's all kinds of government programs that they pass. So even though they they only meet two months or whatever per year, they do a lot of damage in just that two months' time. So clearly, that's not the only factor. It has to do with the culture. It has to do with the fact that New Hampshire has that freedom-minded culture, has that small government-minded culture, and you guys don't. Well, well, the thing about it is that you're right. I mean, New Mexico has always been the the poorest, the dumbest, the stupidest, and the clumsiest, um, and the bottom of the list. And mm. the 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 thing about it is that it's never enough time to do to do any proper legislature. They just do oh, a God, I can't imagine how much time. worse it would be if they actually right. were there for more time. Is that what the proposal is? Does not only pay them more, but to actually allow them to meet for more time? Well, I, I, did, not, I did not know that part of it. They want to make it at least $50,000 a year if they could pay a house mortgage, a car payment, but with a livable salary. So somebody that's serious like yourself, somebody with a degree that would take these jobs and raise a family because uh, uh, they just uh, the, all they get is retirees or people that are really wealthy that that could afford to do all this and that's that's not representing the whole population well so, I, oh. I i believe and i've said this before and I've, i'm going to continue to say i've said for years is that if you're going to work for the public uh, for the public you should not get paid eight out of ten u.s adults according to gallup think 2023 is going to be a year of economic difficulty with higher rather than lower taxes and a growing rather than shrinking budget deficit. So Americans think, <laughs> 8 out of 10 Americans think the government's going to spend more money than it brings in, which is completely believable. Like, these people are making a sane uh, decision here. Like and forever, the government never existed. Right. More than 6 out of 10 think prices will rise at a high rate. Because remember, uh, the... The money that they were spending, we were talking earlier tonight about the 2020 Trump-signed uh, government giveaway bills of over $2 trillion. Remember that we were just you know getting into that. And it takes time for that money to kind of get filtered into the economy. It goes to like the politically connected corporations. Defense contractors. Right, it goes to the military-industrial complex, and eventually they buy things with it, and eventually that kind of trickles down and it increases the prices. But it doesn't happen overnight. So, And I don't know how long it takes. You know, It may be that we're now experiencing the inflation, the real kind of strength of it, from what happened back in 2020. Well, there's going to be a point where no one's going to be able to catch up to it, even those that are, you know, like upper middle class. They're going to be constantly fighting to to try to make do. And you, you know, mean they're going to lose their quality of life. They're going to lose yeah, the uh, the yeah. buying power of their dollar and their ne- the 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 raises to whatever kind of um, increase in pay that they might receive is not going to keep, uh, catch up. Well, yeah, when- but Ian, that's the silver lining of inflation is higher wages. Didn't you read that headline? <laughs> right. Hey, everybody's making $15 an hour now. Of course, it doesn't yeah. buy what $10 an hour used to buy. Right. right. Well, well, I guess what I was saying is like, you know, the mid- upper middle class is really the breaking point for all this because once they realize, okay, I can't pay for my, my life insurance, my health mm-hmm. insurance, all the insurances, and they can't, they're, they were like, all right, we were setting goals for savings so I can send my kids to college. When they can't reach these goals, and like, yes, they'll still put food on the table, but when they reach these sort of financial goals that they were setting for all these years, 
and it, they get that breaking point, then they're going to get really concerned, and that's when things are going to really happen. Uh, where who knows what's what what ultimately is going to happen to their homes, and oh, it's going to be it's going to be a wild times. Well, home prices may be coming down soon. That's a very very realistic possibility. Mm-hmm. So that'd be wow. a good buying opportunity for somebody that's that's ready for that. But uh, do you think it's going to be now. as dramatic as two thousand eight, the housing crisis? Or oh, man, I have no idea. Like, see, I'm not like that was a targeted like sort of uh, movement. Like that's where the like there was a, the breakdown is because they were funneling the money for specifically for housing so now sure. it's like a broad spectrum of mm. of it's just you know, a bailout. market crash <laughs> across the board right. larger recession rates, everyone bought yeah. more way than they should have yeah. yeah i know the banks back then were just issuing loans to anyone that could fog a mirror and i don't think they've gone completely back to that policy since that time but i, I you know i'm not a bank loan guy so i can't really say over the weekend there was the news that and we, we reported on this that the attorney general in the U.S. Virgin Islands had brought a lawsuit against J.P. Morgan Chase. Did you guys hear about that I story? I did. I did. I did not. Yeah, so it was getting all this play like, oh, they're finally going after someone related to Jeffrey Epstein. The claim was that J.P. Morgan Chase sort of looked the other way yeah. while Jeffrey Epstein was you know, laundering money or taking payments for sex with teenage girls or whatever it was that he was allegedly doing with this particular bank account. And so the uh, the top prosecutor, the attorney general there, Denise George, had brought an indictment or some sort of, maybe it was a civil case. Looks like it was a, okay, it was a civil case. 30-page lawsuit against J.P. Morgan Chase saying that they turned a blind eye to evidence of human trafficking over more than a decade because of Epstein's own financial footprint and because of the deals and clients that Epstein brought and promised to bring to the bank. So, after filing this lawsuit, guess what happened to the attorney general? She Out got fired. Disappeared. Yeah, no, well, she probably still is oh. alive, but uh, she she no longer has I her. I thought job. she might have uh, hanged herself with her paper sheets while her cameras <laughs> shut off. Not you know, not I yet, at least. Now. Well, guess who else was down in the U.S. Virgin Islands while all this was happening? Who? Joe who? Biden. Oh, coincidence? I mean, that's a weird coincidence. Yeah, he was on vacation. Yeah. Remember, Reed, we talked about how Joe Biden signed the $1.7 trillion omnibus spending bill? Indeed. They flew that down to him on vacation. They actually brought the uh, the physical bill down for him to sign. Oh, like 5,000 pages. Yeah, well, well I'm sure. I, I don't think he actually has to sign off, you know, 5,000. Yeah, yeah. like they just give him a little a binder or whatever, and he signs the What was he afraid thing. of, an insurrection or something? Yeah, even if we had that stipulation that you had to sign every page of the bill, that would even slow <laughs> Would slow down, it down. You know? Like, the, if we had to actually print the money... Because we don't really print all this money. It's just That's true. Digital. That would slow it down. If too. we actually had to physically print it off, like however many trillion it's been over the last, you know, three years, I don't think we would have even been physically able to do that in this amount of time. It'd be quite so. the photo op to see. It. Yeah. <laughs> well, Jim Babka from uh, DownsizedDC.org for decade, like two decades now, has been trying to promote this bill that would require Congress to actually read out loud oh, yeah. uh, the legislation too. before they can vote on it. 
And I mean, it's a great proposal, but none of these Congress people are ever going to propose that. I mean, how long does it take you know? to read a million words? You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. Well, to put it in perspective, the Bible's about twelve hundred pages long. So these bills that are like five thousand pages, it's like four Bibles. Yeah, I, how long that would take? I have no idea. And they wouldn't be able to get away. I mean, they wouldn't be able to accomplish it. They'd all fall asleep yeah. at some point. It would be just so mind-numbing to have they to listen to that. They already fall asleep. You know? yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, they fired this lady, according to the story at lawandcrime.com. Days after her filing the lawsuit on New Year's Eve, Ms. George was removed from her post. Local news outlets in the Virgin Islands reported the attorney general had not informed the territory's governor about her impending enforcement action. Why would she have to? It's her job. Does the attorney general go in New Hampshire uh, to the governor before the attorney general brings a lawsuit against somebody? I mean, when does that happen? You hire this person to where they can just act and do their crap job, which, you know, I'm not a a fan of attorneys general in uh, overall <laughs> right like they they are the people that bring war on drugs charges and all kinds of other victimless crime charges against people so i mean by no means do i think this person is a good person they're probably just trying to make some sort of political points by doing this who's just doing her job well I, the idea that she would need to go and talk to the governor first just doesn't make any sense but that was what they were saying uh that she didn't get permission first and uh, so he fired her over it. Quote, I received a relieved Denise George of her duties as attorney general this weekend. He wrote in a statement saying further, I thank her for her service to the people of the territory during the past four years as attorney general and wish her the best in future endeavors. The governor's spokesman declined to elaborate, saying, quote, I'm not at liberty to discuss details on personnel matters. You just heard highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. You can download full episodes, subscribe to our podcast, listen live and more, all for free at freetalklive.com.